And that's all. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Now, most of us know that for the past three and a half months, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. We began with the Beatitudes in the summertime, and then we just really felt that God wanted us to carry on uh, reviewing the constitution of the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, we're taking a break today just to, to say thank you to the Lord and to recognize his faithfulness. Uh, I want to share with you um, this, uh, this, these findings from the Harvard Health Publishing blog. It's a Harvard, from Harvard Medical School, and this is what it says. Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania and a leading researcher in this field, tested the impact of various positive psychology interventions on 411 people. Each compared with a control assignment of writing about uh, early memories. When their week's assignment was to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness, participants, after they'd written a letter, immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. This impact was greater than that from any other intervention. And the benefits lasted for at least 30 days. This is what psychologists have discovered. While you did not come here today to hear a psychology lesson, you came to hear what the Word of God says. Now, it's interesting that what psychologists are discovering in the 20th and the 21st century are things that have already been clearly stated by God in his word. Does everybody understand that? This is why we want to know what the word of God tells us. The word of God is very clear that we need to be thankful. The question is, what are you thankful for? Health, home, family, friends, food, I don't know what it is that you're thankful for. Uh, This Thanksgiving, there's not going to be much by way of Thanksgiving celebrations, from what I understand, the government doesn't want us to get together to say thank you or to eat, but some of us are doing it anyway. Uh, This is an important question. What are you thankful for? And the reason it's an important question is because the scriptures clearly tell us at least a hundred times, if not more, that we should give thanks, offer thanks, be thankful. So this is an important part of who we are as Christians. Now, did you notice that I said it's who we are? Didn't say it's what we do. It's who we are. We are thankful people. We offer and express gratitude to God for his kindnesses to us. It's who we are. When you become a believer and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, in In obedience and in response to the urging of the Holy Spirit, you should be finding yourself giving thanks on a regular basis. Now, the problem is is that so many people, we try to suppress this. And this is why the Apostle Paul tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit by trying to suppress what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. When you are suppressing the Holy Spirit, That is, when you're not doing what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, you do the other thing. And what's the other thing? We complain, we grumble, we whine, we are ungrateful. 
As Christians, you and I understand that we are to be moved by the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to keep in step with the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So this morning, what we need to do is we need to talk about this and, and ask the question, what are we thankful for? Did you know that Jesus himself practiced gratitude? We find him giving thanks more than once on multiple occasions. In fact, on the night before he was betrayed, he broke the bread and gave thanks. This, this giving of thanks is called the Eucharist in some Christian traditions. That word Eucharist, in case you, you didn't know it, it actually comes from the Greek, ephkaristo, which means I thank you. I thank you. That's what it is. The Eucharist means giving thanks. And so Jesus himself shows us how we are to live, and we are to live as people who are grateful, as people who are giving thanks. So let me ask a simple question to you this morning. How are you doing with that? How's it going? Are you a grateful person? Are you a person who regularly gives thanks to God? Or are you a whiner and a complainer? Are you the one that's constantly whining about your health, whining about your circumstances, your spouse, your children, your school, your community, your neighbors, your friends? That's, some people live like that. I can tell you that that's not how Christians live, or that's not how Christians should be living. Somebody who truly is born again, somebody who has the spirit of the living God dwelling in them, is a grateful person. So... What are you thankful for? Giving thanks, my friends, is the beginning of all worship. It's inconsistent to sit here on a Sunday, for instance, and sing songs of worship, and then as soon as you're done here, go out there whining and complaining and grumbling. And there's some people that live like that. They're just, they're just consistently grumbling about anything and everybody and everything. We are a grateful people. We live as grateful people. Now let me read to you a passage of scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. And Paul says to the believers in Thessaloniki, by the way, Gloria and I lived there for three and a half years. That's where Jesse was born. And he's what we call First Thessalonian, and the only Thessalonian in our family. And it says... Here's what Paul's saying to the Thessalonians. It's sort of the last, the last words that he wants to get in there before he leaves. You know the way a parent does. Parents going out for the evening and tells the kids, and by the way, do this and do this and do this and do this and make sure that and make sure this and everything will be good. That's what really what Paul's doing here. He's giving last-minute instructions before he, before he signs off in this letter. And he says, always be joyful. Anybody here always joyful? Bill is? That's it, just Bill. <laughs> and Paul says, never stop praying, verse 17. That's interesting how, how, the, how, these, how the scriptures have been broken up into verses. Verse 16, always be joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying. Very short verses, but critical verses that shape our Christianity. And then verse 18, which is what we're going to be looking at today. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Look at this. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. 
Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. We talked about this already. When the Holy Spirit is leading us and controlling us, then we, we do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, and that means give thanks to God. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. And then Paul says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. So here's the wonderful thing. When you come to church on Sunday, you're not getting a pep talk. Do you understand this? You do not come here to, this is not like a locker room where I try, to, I try to get you all hepped up, ready to go out there and conquer them, kill the opponents, get the enemy, those who are going to. No, this is not what this is today. This is not locker room chat. This is not, this is not a pep rally. This is not a rah-rah, we can do this. That's not what this is. What I'm reminding you today is of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you. And for this reason, Paul says, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life. Now, this is really the critical thing, because I can give you all this list of things to do and don't do, and I, you make up your to-do list, and i got to do this, and i got to pray constantly, and i got to give thanks constantly. What else do I have to do? Oh, yeah, I shouldn't scoff at prophecies, and I shouldn't stifle the Holy Spirit, and, and on and on. No, this is not how this works. The Apostle Paul is informing us, he's teaching us how we live as Christians. But you have to understand that it is in the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and what's he going to do? He's going to remind you of everything that I've said. In other words, what's going to happen is when you become spirit-controlled, the Holy Spirit directs you. And you don't have to go through that mental checklist. What was I supposed to do? Was I... Was I allowed to cut that guy off in traffic? Am I allowed to stick my tongue out at him as I go by? No, I'm not supposed to do that. We don't have to worry about that. You don't have to go through the checklist. What you have to do is learn to yield to the Holy Spirit who will direct you and who will remind you of what you need to do. Now, I'm going to tell you, the way that you stifle the Holy Spirit is you don't respond to his prompting. And everybody here, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't put your faith in Christ yet, if you're not born again yet, well, then you might not know what I'm talking about. And that's okay. Listen and watch what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. So we want to respond to the Holy Spirit who will prompt you to give thanks. Now, I'll tell you, it's not like we just sit there and are robots. No, what we are is we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in us. Listen, Christianity, we're not religious people in the sense that we go through our religious do's and don'ts. No, we have a relationship with God whereby we respond to him. We respond to his promptings. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you, wants to prompt you, to give thanks because Jesus gave thanks 
And because this is what true worship is really all about. So let's look at that one verse in the context of that passage of Scripture I just read to you. And the, and the Apostle Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you'll notice, what do you notice about that verse? There's a few exclamation marks. And the reason that those exclamation marks are there is because Paul is issuing a command. This is the imperative voice. And it's, it's the active voice. In fact, it, what, what we, how we could translate that is be giving thanks. And that's a command. Be giving thanks on a regular basis. Don't stop. Be that, be that man, be that woman who is constantly in a state of gratitude. Or as Alduin Raguneth once said, have an attitude of gratitude. This is who we are. So give thanks in all circumstances. It's, it's not optional. It's who we are as Christians. And so here's Paul admonishing the saints in Thessaloniki. Hey, even when people are attacking you, and by the way, in the, the times that Paul's writing this, Christians were not a beloved people, kind of like today. You're, they're constantly under attack. And Paul says, don't give in to the attacks. Don't be discouraged by the attacks, but find yourself giving thanks at all times. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The celebration of Thanksgiving uh, began maybe, uh, maybe 400 years ago, maybe more, maybe less. It's, it, it's not clear. History is not really clear about this, but it's, it kind of is a, a, it's an American celebration. You remember when the Puritans came to America and they sat down and they had Thanksgiving with the Aboriginal people. And that's sort of the beginning. That's what they say anyway. Well, here's what you need to know. Before the Puritans had supper with the Aboriginals, Christians have been a people who gave thanks not just once a year, but every day. And in fact, every hour. That's who we are. We are, if you want another term for a Christian, we are thanksgivers. That's who we are. We're constantly giving thanks. We're constantly expressing thanks to whomever. And I'm going to tell you this, that when we give thanks to God, it reflects who we are. You see that? It's not, it doesn't reflect what we do, but it reflects who we are. And it reflects who God is. When you're giving thanks, people, what you're doing is you are bringing glory to God. And we just finished going through that in the Sermon on the Mount, didn't we? Jesus, Jesus tells us to live our lives in such a way that it causes people around us to give thanks to God. So even as you're giving thanks to God and, and as you're doing good for others, what you're doing is you're pointing people to God himself. So you're giving of thanks really ought to change your environment, and it ought to influence the people who are in your sphere of influence, whether it's at work or home or work or wherever. Now, here's, here's something else I want to point out to you. Uh, one of the things that you know if you've attended this church for any length of time is that, is that we emphasize the importance of the Lord's Prayer, not just as sort of a, a, a religious ritual that, that we add to our services, but rather as a way of life. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says this. He says, whenever you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, we'll just stop there for a moment. Whenever you pray, that's how you do it. 
Now, I've seen all kinds of people come up with different ways to pray, but, which, which I don't understand since Jesus said, whenever you pray, pray like this. Why would you not do what Jesus said? Right? Do what he says. And he says, begin by acknowledging our Father in heaven. Now, for a lot of people, they don't understand that, that the, those first few words are critical Because what we're doing is that we are in that moment where we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, you are are reminding yourself of your relationship to God. He's not an impersonal God that you cannot approach. He is as close as the mention of his name. He's your Father. Why Why is he your Father? Because you put your faith in his Son. So when you come... To God in prayer, every day you begin by giving thanks to God for being your father. You give him thanks for sending his son who gives you access to his throne, who gives you access to God. And, And Hebrews tells us clearly we can come with all of our prayer requests. How many have got lots of prayer requests? Just nod at me. You get lots of prayer. All your petitions, all your needs, all the things that you need. The Bible says we have access to the God, access to our God. And so what do we do? We begin by giving him thanks. What are we thanking him for? Well, we thank him, first of all, for being our father, for giving us life and giving us eternal life. And we thank him for, for being our provider and being our protector. And we thank him that he guides us in this life, that we don't go through this life without a dad that tells us what to do and how to do it. He's there to provide us with instruction, with guidance and, and help, and even, and look at this, and even, he even disciplines us. How many are thankful for the discipline of God? That's what I thought, nobody. Oh, just Bill. Just Bill, Bill you're the most, you should be up here preaching. <laughs> Yes, we even give God thanks for his discipline. It's not, Hebrews 12 tells us it's not comfortable at the time, but, but we know this, that God disciplines those he loves. So these are the things that we're giving God thanks for. You begin your whole day. Jesus teaches us this. We begin our whole day by first focusing on God and giving him thanks. I've been living this way for many, many years. This is how I pray every day. I begin by getting my focus on God, off myself, off the church, off the problems, off this, off that, on God, and say, God, you're my father, and ultimately, I don't have to worry about a thing. How many are thankful today? We have a father. We have nothing to worry about. Our father in heaven's got everything under control. He is sovereign. He's in charge. And you might think, well, I, I'm, I'm losing control. Well, the Bible's clear. You don't need to worry about that. God is in control. And so we begin with thanksgiving. Whenever we pray, we begin by giving God thanks as it reminds us that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, that he hears us when we pray and he answers. When Gloria and I pray together, we always begin by at least 15, 20 minutes of giving God thanks for the many wonderful things he's done in our lives, in our marriage. 31 years of marriage, and it just keeps on getting better and better. Someone say hallelujah. I didn't hear Gloria. (laughs) What's going on here? God is sovereign. He's in charge. And he's blessed us. And he's blessed our children. Our children serve the Lord. And he's met our needs. 
Wow, God is good. On Tuesday nights, if you've come here for prayer, you know that the first 10 to 15 minutes of our prayer meeting, um, after, we've, after we've read the scripture and sang a few songs, what do we do? For 10, 15 minutes, we just focus on God giving him thanks for the many, many answers to prayer. And what happens then is that faith arises in your hearts. So Jesus, or Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks. And that is not optional. It's a command. And he's, you can just imagine Paul pointing his finger at them all. Give thanks. How would that feel? that feel good? Give thanks. But he said it with a smile on his face, I'm sure of it. So that's what we're going to do. And man, I'll tell you, every Tuesday night, every time I pray, I just feel so refreshed. I feel like I've had a nice hot bath. Uh, just refreshed because I've been in the presence of Almighty God and I know he is going to help me with my every need. Hey, you know what? When you take this time to give thanks to God, it causes you to see how very active God is in your life. I've heard people say, I don't know where God is. He seems so distant and I pray and it seems like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Well, maybe what you need to do is get your eyes off of yourself and you need to start doing it Jesus' way. Whenever you pray, pray like this. Focus on the Father, and you're going to see how very active God is in your life every day. A lot of us don't see that. Why? Because all we see is the things that we don't like. We only see the problems. We don't stop to see, wow, God's been answering my prayer. Even though things are difficult, hey, things are getting better. That's the power of giving thanks, as the Apostle Paul tells us. He does answer prayer. He does meet our every need. And I'll tell you this, our faith and our trust in God will increase day by day the more you're in the habit of praying as Jesus tells us to pray. And that begins by giving God thanks. God is faithful. He's good. And I can tell you that the reason why so many people slide away from God, they backslide, they lose interest in God, is because they don't see God as real and active in their personal lives. This is why my faith has been able to hold steady. I've been reading recently of a whole, 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 uh, I was going to say a whole army, but maybe not quite that much, but a whole big number of pastors who are tweeting or mentioning on Facebook that they've lost their faith and have no relationship with God, they're turning away from God. When I hear that, I know that person has not been praying and has not had a relationship with God for a very long, long time. Your constant worship of God is what keeps your heart connected to the Father, and it keeps it real. And if you don't do that, it's just a matter of time before you have slidden away from God, and it all seems unreal. It all seems fake. So you need to keep this aspect alive. You need to keep giving thanks to God. Or as the old timers used to sing, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. God is real, and he's active in the lives of his believers, and we are reminded of that every time you give thanks to God. Get it? Excellent. Now, before we bring our prayer requests to God, we bring thanks 
for the many answers to prayer from yesterday, from last week, from last month, from last year. I'm going to tell you, folks, as you give thanks to God, you'll be reminded that he is active. So the next thing we see is that Paul says, give thanks how? How should we give thanks? In all circumstances. Now, look at I'm not thankful when bad things happen. I'm driving along and suddenly I realize I have a flat tire. That's really annoying. But here's the apostle Paul says. I'm not saying be thankful for the circumstances. It doesn't say that. But what does it say? It says give thanks in most circumstances. Is that what it says? But pardon? All, are you sure? Well, if you knew Greek, you'd be right. That's exactly what it says. In all circumstances. Not some, not most, not many. All. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever struggle you find yourself in right now, especially if it's difficult, you really need to stop and say, God, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand this. I'm not particularly thankful for these circumstances, but I'm going to give you thanks in them. Because here's what you need to know. God has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. So there you are in the middle of your difficult circumstances, and God is there. Someone say hallelujah. God is there. He's right there with you in the middle, in the very middle of your circumstances. So here we are. Your circumstances should never change your thanksgiving. Your thanksgiving continues on. And I'm going to tell you this sometimes, and it's just fantastic. It's great. It's wonderful. And other times, and it's not so great and, or wonderful. But here you, here you are as a Christian. Because remember, thanksgiving is not what you do. It's who you are. You find yourself giving thanks to God. We should not and cannot be like angry, moody, petulant, spoiled children. As long as it's going our way, yes, Lord, you're wonderful. As soon as there's something that's not, not comfortable or we don't like it. How many Christians are like that? How many of kids that do that once in a while? And it really makes you upset. It really makes you angry. Why? Because you are so good to them. But the minute one little thing is not the way they want it. No, let's, let's see what Paul says Paul says basically the same thing to the Ephesians. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what you need to know. God uses your circumstances. This is why it's important to say thank you. God uses your circumstances, good or bad, for your own good. And here's what Paul tells us in Romans 8, 28 to 29. And we know that for those who love God, Look at this. All things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now, look at this verse 28. This, is, this applies to believers. For all things work together for good. For those who are called according to who? To God's purpose. God has a purpose for your life. How many understand that? God is working on you. Bill, you're a work in, in progress. And so am I. And Gloria said, amen. <laughs> we are, we're a work in progress. God is transforming us. He's changing us. What is he doing? Well, 29 gives us, the, gives us the hint. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed 
What? To the very image of his son. This is what God is doing in your life right now. He's using your circumstances, good and or bad, and he's making you like Jesus. And it's for this reason we give God the glory. We give him thanks. So that, can you do that? This week, when things aren't going your way, say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're using this to make me more like Jesus. Can you do that? Thank you, Jesus. You're making me more like Jesus. Say that with me. Thank you, Jesus. You're making me more like Jesus. Isn't that exciting? Oh, <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Isn't this exciting? Yeah. Woo! Good. We're getting there. Now, Paul understands that circumstances are the things that shape us. Well, Paul goes on uh, in that verse, and he says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Look at this. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the thing that most people don't understand. And, there's a, and, and I'm going to tell you, the pastors really are the ones responsible for confusing people. Because pastors will tell you that God wants you to have whatever you want. If you just have enough faith, you just say the right word, you just get the right combination, use a magic formula. And if you, know, if you want to send us $100 in the mail and we'll send you your, your magic oil, your magic prayer cloth, your magic whatever, and we'll lay hands on it and, and you'll get whatever you want. It's, it's absolute nonsense. If you ever see any of that nonsense on TV, I, I forbid you <laughs> from sending any money and getting that nonsense. Please do not do that. But you promise me? Do not send money to these hucksters. Here's God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. God's will for your life is to give him thanks in whatever your circumstances because it's in those circumstances that you are shaped and molded and made like Christ. So here's what you and I need to understand. God wants to transform you and make you like Jesus. This is what Christianity is all about. And sometimes there are going to be some difficult things that are going to happen in your life. That does, look at, get this. This does not mean that God has rejected you or forgotten about you or that he doesn't love you. Some people have the mindset of a spoiled child. If I don't get what I want, it means that God doesn't love me. You don't love me anymore. And I don't love you because you didn't give me what I want. Grow up. Stop acting like a little child. And understand that God loves you. He has not forsaken you. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to give God thanks in all circumstances so that you become more like Jesus. And I tell you, this is, for the, this is for the people of God, what I'm saying. If you're a Christian today, then you're going to be people who give God thanks. And there's, in the New Testament, I can find three very important reasons why we give thanks to God. The first reason we give God thanks is for our salvation. In Christ, through Christ, we have eternal life. Does everybody get that? Is that a reason to give thanks to God? I'm not afraid to die. Are you afraid to die? Who COVID schmovid? Who cares? No, I'm not saying be stupid. <laughs> we wear masks. We do what we're supposed to do. We take the proper precautions, but we're not frightened or scared. We're wise, but we're not. We're not. We're not the kind of people that are going to be constantly chewing our nails off because what's going to happen next? God's sovereign. He's in charge. He's my Father, and He takes care of me. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. You're the king of the universe. You're God. You're king, the king. 
and I'm safe in his arms. The second thing that I'm thankful for is for God's people. Man, how many are thankful for the family of God? Some of you don't have family, but you have the family of God, and it's here that you're refreshed, you're encouraged. Bill Ditchfield, man, he didn't want to take a break from church. He wanted to keep coming to church. When are we starting again? Let's get back together. Let's get on with this. We're thankful for the family of God. The third thing that we're thankful for is for God's provision, for his daily bread. This is what you are thankful to God for, and you should be giving God thanks every day for these three things. Do you remember what they are? Give thanks to God, what? For your salvation. Give thanks to God for your church, for your church family. Give thanks to God for his daily provision. You got that? That's what the children of God do. Those who are in Christ Jesus are thankful for those three specific things. For your salvation, for your daily bread, and for the people of God. Now, the second thing I need to point out to you, and I'm going to close with this, is that God knows that by nature we are self-centered people. We are not a grateful people. How many know that today? By nature, you're not grateful. You're really not. By nature, we are self-centered, and that's what got Adam and Eve into trouble. In that moment, when they gave in to sin, what they were saying to God is, God, we are not grateful for what you've given to us. God says, everything in this garden is yours. It's yours. There's only one thing that I don't want you to touch, and that's that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But everything else is yours. And so Adam and Eve, what do they fixate on? That one tree. Got to have that one tree. They've got everything. And rather than being grateful, and this is really important you get this, rather than being grateful for everything that God gave them, God created in the image of God. When God created Adam and Eve, you know what he said? He didn't just say, this is all good. You know what he said? He said, this is very good. Because these people are created in my image. They reflect Almighty God. No creature, nothing on this planet, on this earth, was like Adam and Eve. Created in the image of God. They should have been grateful for that. The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. Imagine that. How many would like to go for a walk with Jesus right this minute? Wouldn't that be the coolest thing? Yeah. Well, the nice thing is that you can walk with him spiritually. But Adam and Eve walked with, with God in the flesh and in the spirit. And not only that, but God gave them a purpose. Adam and Eve, I'm giving you all this. All this is yours. And I want you to go, and I want you to advance my kingdom around the world. I want you to advance and spread the Garden of Eden. Bring this beautiful garden to this whole planet. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it's the same language you find in Genesis chapter 2. You find in what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go into all the world. All authority has been given to me, and I'm giving it to you. Go and spread this. Adam and Eve had every reason to be happy. They had been given a purpose. They have been created in the image of God. The whole garden belongs to them. And not only that, but they have a purpose. Now, if anybody had a reason to be grateful, they did. Now, I want you to see this. The moment that they became ungrateful, the moment that they stopped focusing on God and his provision is the moment when sin entered in. And I'm going to tell you, the same thing will happen to everybody here today, including me. The minute we stop being grateful is, it, is when sin enters in, 
and starts taking control of your life and starts messing up your life. Gratitude is the very thing that protects you from the attacks and the whisperings of, of Satan. Remember, Jesus calls Satan the great deceiver. He deceives and he accuses the brethren. Adam and Eve, rather than focusing on God and being grateful for what they had, they focused on Satan and they allowed their hearts to pursue the path of no gratitude. In essence, what they're doing is they're complaining and saying, God, you held out on us. You didn't give us everything that is available to us. Satan says, if you take the fruit, then you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. You'll be like God. And Adam and Eve are thinking, yeah, we didn't get it all. God held out. He didn't give us everything. The minute you start doing that, the minute you start thinking that God's holding back, that God's not giving you everything that he wants you to have, is the moment when sin enters in and starts taking over your life. And you start doing things that you shouldn't do, and you start thinking things you shouldn't think, and you begin to have an attitude that is absolutely contrary to the will of God. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, so that you do not sin against God. You and I must be a grateful people so that sin does not reign in your heart, so that love and gratitude reign and God is glorified. Amen? Let's stand together and pray, shall we? Father, we want to say thank you today that you have been so good to us. You have given us everything that we need. And even those times when things don't, are not good, God, still we see that you're there in the midst of our circumstances, good or bad. And so we're praying today, Lord, that you would help us to live as the writer of Hebrews tells us to live. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God, help us today to be a people full of gratitude. Lord, so that sin does not enter into our marriage, doesn't enter into our family, into our job, doesn't disturb our friendships, it doesn't, doesn't ruin our church. Help us to be grateful for what we have. And in so doing, Lord, we will reflect Jesus Christ, who is grateful above all. Lord, we know that sin is crouching at the door and it desires to have us, but we need not be afraid if we are a grateful people worshiping and giving you thanks, then we are safe and secure in your protection. Lord, as we go from here today, may we go with gratitude in our hearts, and we pray this in